Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guessman, coming to you on a Thursday, August 19th. The L.A. Galaxy getting ready to face the San Jose Earthquakes in what is a back-to-back rivalry games you have san jose then you're gonna go lafc we'll talk about that we'll see if the la galaxy are up for both of that there's too much emotional uh currency spent on those so we're gonna talk about that talk about the loss to colorado as well maybe the galaxy learned some things maybe they didn't we'll talk about it we'll throw some other things in there like giovinko suddenly a free agent is greg vandy going after giovinko Probably not. I ruined it in the in the intro. Oh, well, that's okay. Uh, a lot to talk about, a lot to get to, to help me do all that on this wonderful evening. She's back. She's better than ever. It's Miss Sophie Nicolau. How's it going, Soph? I love the intro music. It gets me going, Mr. Josh. I'm back. Yeah. Thank you for having me. How you doing, buddy? Uh, you know, um, can I be honest with you for a second? I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. Uh, this whole, and I told Greg Vanny on the conference call today that I was exhausted. I don't know if that's good to tell the coach that, you know, you can't, you're not ready to quite play. <laughs> but, uh, I said, <laughs> I said something like Greg, uh, you know, cause Kevin, Kevin asked a really interesting question and Greg went on and talked about, you know, the ups and downs in a season and how that's part of any season. And I'm like, but this isn't just any season. This is a condensed schedule season. This is a, you know, we still dealing with COVID. There's like a whole bunch of things that are still happening that are still affecting the team and it's affecting all of MLS. And maybe Greg should have talked about that. So I asked Greg, I said, this isn't just a normal season though. It's condensed. I go, I don't know about you, Greg. I go, but I'm exhausted. I can't believe I have to show up to the stadium again tomorrow night. It feels like we've been there like this whole month. I go, How's the team taking that? Um, and unfortunately for everybody, uh, the the galaxy are not as tired, I guess, as I am. So I, I guess I guess that's the the good part of that. So, do you need a nap and a pillow? I know, lo- should I have bought you a cookie and some milk <laughs> in, instead of the uh, instead of the bourbon? I, I I'll take the bourbon uh, quite oh. honestly. So thank you very much. By the way, I You're op- very welcome. I opened it and I took a swig out of the bottle just to just to check. Just, to, just to christen, just to yes. christen it. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I have to say, I kind of sweated like swine when I went out to get that and come back. And, you know, I was leaving with the hordes because, oh, you know, yeah. we're, we're, we're t- very lucky. T- t- we get- tell everybody you were going to bring it into the stadium to give to me on Tuesday night. And then 
you sort of were like, oh, I can't bring it in and I won't do that. And then you ran I out after the, the conscious. <laughs> yes, I, I, de- I developed like this. I should ask before I take a bottle of alcohol into the stadium, especially being media. I don't want to get like nixed. You know, right. I don't want my media credentials right. taken from me. But right. if I say it's for Josh Guessman. I mean, from corner of the galaxy, I, mean, I should be cool. That worked, right? that works with like five people in the stadium. So, uh, you know, hey, if it works, it works. So I asked someone for a little tip and let's let let's let them remain nameless. Yes. They did not make it work. Right. 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 So then at the end of the game, I'm leaving and I go out and I said, OK, who's the supervisor here on security? Right. I go talk to Jose, hooks me up mentioned your name i get to go out come back in <laughs> i love get it. to deliver i like baxter's face too he's like what <laughs> gifts and then larry of course not on twitter is like sophie it's my birthday tomorrow and yeah. at first i thought he was joking because no. he wanted a gift but it, <laughs> it yeah was his yeah okay, can we st- can we stop and say happy birthday to mr larry morgan not not only is it was it larry's birthday yesterday um but it was his 69th birthday and as i have said the only correct reaction to anybody's 69th birthday is nice that's it there you go so congratulations we'll, le- uh, we'll leave it at that well congratulations mr uh, mr larry morgan there so he's done great but no i i'm serious uh it feels like i have lived at the stadium this year and i say that knowing full well that you know uh last year we were all begging for games and hoping we were getting it by the way when the galaxy play on friday uh against san jose and then they play their next game, which is against LAFC. That is 22 games into the season. That is how long the Galaxy season was last year. I just would like to put that into perspective as we cruise right by that rather rapidly here. We, you, that was very like, but you know, when Damien asked his question the other day and he said, hey, Greg, you know, there's like 14, 15 games left. And I'm like, what? Yes. Yes, correct. 14. I mean, so we're at game 20. So 14 games left. Mm-hmm. The LA Galaxy are in third place, have been in third place for most of this season. <laughs> in fact, if people don't believe me, I actually track this stuff. And if you look at the chart, which oh, you can't yeah. see, but you can Come see on. since week eight, the LA Galaxy have been in third place. Since week eight, we're in week 20. 12 weeks of being third place. And everybody can say, oh, but they were up at first place for like two hours for a little while. And, you know, that was fun. Yeah. Uh, I even appreciate uh, now looking back. Sometimes whenever you ask a question, you don't realize how short lived it's going to be. And even I thought it was going to be short lived, but it's even more short lived. But I asked Greg, I said, uh, after they beat um, beat Minnesota, I'm saying, well, you guys said you didn't deserve to be in first place. Now, do you think you do, you know, here I go, even if it's momentary. And then like two <laughs> hours later, it was gone and they're in third place by the end of the weekend. Um, you know, all that stuff. But uh, it's just it's just been it's been a weird it's been a weird season it's been ridiculously quick um and we went it through really has. and we went through some long breaks too right so i mean there were long yeah. international breaks where there were no games um you know for everybody who's getting tired of going to the stadium there are some of us it's me i'm tired of going to the stadium right now but understand that in september there's one home game and it's a midweek game Josh, talking about the, um, you know, the retro, the uh, the special kit and the socks. Remember, I, I was, that seems like last year when we did that show and we were talking about yes. the, um, yes. the preseason the kit. The pre- yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like even when you go into pre, it's like, oh, we we did preseason games this year. Like, wasn't that last year? It's It doesn't yeah. feel like. And when you look at it, the LA Galaxy have added 17 new bodies to this team since basically the end of last year. 17 new bodies it's shown a little bit lately to be honest with you of course it has of course mm-hmm. we're going to talk we're going to talk about the colorado game because i think it's important to to sort of focus in on that a little bit um but um i just 
I, I think it's amazing just if we look back for a second and just, you know, everybody close. There's somebody who said uh, recently on Twitter, and I don't remember who it was, and I don't want to call them out anyway, but they're like, they're like, this feels like a Galaxy team that's just going to make the playoffs. And I'm like, do you do remember last year when the Galaxy didn't make the playoffs, right? Like there, like there's been there's been a ton of progress in a short amount of time. Oh yeah. But it doesn't feel like that because we've been experiencing it over this 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 season that seems to one be really long and two be really short. It's one of those two. I think at the yeah. same time. No, and I think um, you know, I think the home form has kind of affected that a little bit in terms of just three games that have been lost at home and mm -hmm. he, Greg brought them up as well um, on the, on the, on the conference call the other day. But um, it just seems that, that the road trip seemed like they were gone forever. Felt they were, and they were, I mean, it, it felt like they were gone for like six weeks, you know, and it, it just, it just feels, um, I don't know what it is. I think once Here's the scoops. Here's the scoop, Josh. I think in the next few weeks things are going to go so fast, and before we know it, we're going to blink and we're going to be in the playoffs. Yes. And that's and all that the LA Galaxy need to do right now is not screw this up and just get into the playoffs. Right. And whatever happens, you know, um, I think they're definitely capable of getting to an MLS Cup final. But there's some issues and some bits and bobs that they're not dotting their I's and crossing their T's and it's costing them games against yes. teams like Colorado who are there or thereabouts, you know, Kansas who are there and thereabouts, mm -hmm. Seattle who just can't, you know, beat with, I don't know what it is. They're just, they're so good anyway. So I don't know. It just, it feels like, are they going to tire out? Is it, does it feel like they're going to like lose the momentum and, and be short on gas? I, I hope not. Uh, before we get too far into that, because yes, we want to talk, but uh, Aaron okay. gave us a $5 super chat, uh, says, is Sophie ignoring my fake, fake accent jokes in the hopes that I'll stop? If so, I I'll didn't stop. see them. What's he saying? He's just, that's all it is. That's all it is, is he thinks that your accent is fake, which I can confirm. I've actually talked to Sophie and she doesn't talk anything like that. More Texas than anything else. I Does think. he want it to be like more, hello, hello, mate. You want a pan <laughs> of potatoes? I've got a pan of tomatoes. I'll just throw in a little bit of extra for you in it. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Take your pan. I can't. <laughs> I can't handle it. Like I was, I was thinking one show we should try to do where I do a British accent and you do an American accent and we'll try We'll do the whole show that way, yeah. but we won't tell anybody and we'll have to play it straight the whole time. We Wait till they hear how I say hamburger <laughs> in an American accent. How do you, how do you say hamburger in American accent? Hamburger. Ham, ham hamburger. Hamburger. I, like, I love it. I love it so much. I love it. That is, by the way, one of my one of my favorite movies. Uh, love actually uh, is, and I it's one. It's a Christmas movie. Sophie, you and I were talking about Christmas um, before we even started because that's what we do before we talk about Christmas and yeah. and other things. But um, where they have the the British guy who goes to what like uh, Milwaukee, right? He, oh he, my god, uh, Wisconsin. Yeah. Wisconsin. Yep. So so yes. he's so he's in Wisconsin, and they're asking him to say things, and and yeah. and then like I forget which one is like he's like uh, table, and he's like table, and they're like oh. Oh, that one's the same. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I love uh, it. So, uh, so Jonathan, uh, Jonathan in the chat room says both of us should do a Scottish accent for the rest of the show. Funny thing. I'm going to tell you oh. one. No, because every accent I end up doing ends up going Scottish slash Irish and then into something that doesn't exist. Um, I, I start off with it quite well. And then it just goes, it just goes. like, oh, yeah, see you, Jimmy. You know, I got it. <laughs> and then 
that's it. That's all I can say. I see you, Jimmy. You know, and then it just, you know, crumbles. It's actually very hard to do a Scottish accent. It's it, um, it, So I have uh, my my real job is that um, we're, we're working. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have a real job. Um, we're working on this refrigeration unit and it comes from a company who's based in Glasgow. Uh, I actually went to Glasgow for, for uh, a couple years ago, uh, spent some time in Glasgow and Birmingham, uh, eventually spent some time in London and actually got to see a game. I was by myself being in London by myself. Great thing ever. Don't tell my wife. Um, it was it was total fun. But um, so I've been in Scotland and I talk I talk and now I have been on a conference call with Scotland almost every morning this week uh, talking to them. And so I'm getting very good at understanding them. And these are not like these are not the guys who, who come visit us and then change their accents. That way we can understand them. These are Scottish people in Scotland talking Scottish. And totally. It, it can go. You, if you're not oh, paying it attention, go. it's gone. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it's gone. Did you go to Loch Lomond? When you I were there, didn't, I Did didn't. You? I didn't get to. Do, I was working the whole time. Like mm-hmm. really, the only fun I got to do was that we scheduled. I scheduled like two or three extra days. Like, oh, we're gonna. Oh, everything's gonna be done on Thursday. Well, I m- better not leave till Monday out of Heathrow. So uh, I ended up taking a train down from Birmingham. Uh, yeah, and Birmingham's a dump, isn't it? It's eh? it's like it's like it's. I'm used to it. <laughs> I'm used to being in industrial places, and that's an industrial place, right? And it's like, yeah. duh, I get it. Um, but yes, it's very center of the country, very, very industrial looking, very, oh, we do a lot of work here, and none of it's, like, pretty. Um, yeah, that's a dodgy accent as well. That's the Jack Grealish accent. Oh, yeah, nobody wants you that, know, like, right? No, yeah, no, okay. It's not, yeah, that's it's good. Anyway, we, we've, we've gone sideways. Okay. Um, let's get it to LA Galaxy lose uh, two to one of the Colorado Rapids. Uh, not surprised. If you look at the LA Galaxy, you talked about the losses. The losses mm-hmm. that have come at home have come to basically top four teams, right? Because you have S- Seattle, who um, I think the LA Galaxy played very well against, but did not get any points out of it. And that's fine. Then you have the Sporting Kansas City game. I will argue that's still the best game that they played this year. Made some mistakes, cost them games. That's fine. Uh, Colorado game, really interesting. I don't think it was their best game. I don't think it was a horrible game. But certainly, if you listen to Greg, and I usually agree with Greg in terms of what he sees on the field, uh, he talks about little mistakes that end up costing them points. Um, and that mm. goals change games. I mean, he and he's not saying anything like, hey, this is something I just created. Goals change games. He was like, duh, goals change games. They change momentum. They change attitudes, right? All of these things are really important. So when Colorado scores that second goal, and we can start, we can talk about this, the start and how god-awful it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but when Colorado scores that second goal, that took a lot of the wind out of the sails of the Galaxy, who at that point were absolutely pounding Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, they were out shooting. So uh, Colorado got the first three shots of the game. Uh, one of those was a penalty kick. Uh, there could have been maybe two more penalty kicks in that game. It was it was not a great start. But then after that, the LA Galaxy, yeah, there could have been three total, right? Three total penalty kicks. And I would I thought for sure the first one was a penalty kick. I thought maybe the second one was, and maybe the third one. And there was were a little more greenish, grayish. But I was like, eh. one of those I can't remember which one. But I was like, no, I'm letting that one slide. But two of those are probably penalty kicks, and they only got one. So um, the Galaxy got lucky with that. But then that goal, that header, it comes after. After the LA Galaxy outshoot Colorado 15 to nothing on a streak, 15 shots to nothing during a game. Mm-hmm. Really interesting hearing Greg Vanny talk about how waves um, and how the LA Galaxy right now attack when one wave so and then that's it. It mm-hmm. fizzles out. Right. And he goes, good teams attack wave after wave 
after win. Mm-hmm. They're relentless because as that other team is trying to clear the ball, as that other team is getting into emergency defending, smart teams know how to counterpress, know how to put themselves in position to send the next wave in and capture that momentum that they have to score goals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's mm. I, I don't know. So so what do you see? I understand the result is bad, but what did you feel during the game? Terrible result, number one. That is a must-win game against Colorado. Number two, you're playing at home. You've got to be formidable at home. This team has to develop a you're coming to our house and we're going to crush you mentality. Yes. And right now, those top four or five teams think they can come to um, Diggity and win. And that is something they have to absolutely improve and work on. First half, the first half, the first 15 minutes were horrific. They were all over the place. Yes. Right. Yes. And it felt like one of those games. I said to, uh, I think it was Gio. I said, this has got something dodgy written all over it. Just the way they started. They didn't, they weren't particularly cohesive. Um, you know, this is partly some of the, the reason why, Josh, that when you have so you got to integrate new pieces and the team has chopped and changed so much, right. sometimes you lose that consistency and that togetherness in terms of understanding what needs to be done on the pitch, right? For second half, whatever Vanny said to them, what, this is what I like. In fact, my biggest take from the game was whatever he does at halftime, he helps and improves the team because they came out and I was like, it's going to be 3-1. We were talking with some of the fans at halftime and I said, 3-1. I fancied it. And when they came out, I was like, this is great. They hit the bar. They hit the post. You know, they just couldn't finish their dinner, you yeah. know, as we would say in in England. And here's the thing for me. It felt like a lot of the time, you know, like when you're in high school and you want to kind of kiss the boy and he rushes it. Right, you know, right. And that, that's what happened no whenever te- I went to kiss the boy in high school. So, yes, <laughs> there's no technique yet. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And it felt like everything was rushed. Everything was like mm-hmm. so fast and quick. It's like, let it marinate. Where's the killer pass? Yeah, that was the biggest. Uh, that was their Achilles heel, I thought, in that game, Josh, because there was possession and there were opportunities. But the final ball was really poor and getting into those smart spaces was non-existent. And I think that's going to come for those front two, especially as they're learning how to play in the league and with this team. Uh, one, Jonathan Lewis, who was playing for uh, for Colorado, absolutely destroyed the LA Galaxy in terms of uh, on defense for that first 15, 20 minutes. He was the guy who got fouled in the box like two or three times that could have been penalty kick each time. Um, he was he was quick. He was fast. He took Julian Araujo to, to task a couple times, which that's tough to do. Um, I thought he was dynamic uh, for Colorado. He was actually fun to watch uh, mm-hmm. whenever it goes. Greg Vanny talked about how uh, Colorado set themselves up in a five uh, on the back line as well. And he said, you know, if you're if you're playing a five on the back line, then you're doing one thing, which is trying to keep people in front of you. And he said, and, and Greg was funny. He goes, I thought we respected that too much. I thought we played in front of like played in front of them too much. He goes, we needed to play in behind. We need those vertical balls. We need those passes. Um, we need those things to be able, we need things to be able to make them uncomfortable. And we didn't at the very beginning, make them uncomfortable. Um, and it's, it's, it's that one, it's killer mentality. 
uh, to Victor Vasquez after the game said something like, we, you know, he goes, I don't want to say we don't want to respect them, right? He goes, but we have to, and, and he didn't want to use the word arrogant either. He goes, but we have to know that we're better than teams and we have to play like we're better than teams. That's what you're yeah. talking about. Uh, totally. I thought that I thought that exchange with Damien was really uh, interesting when Damien said, so you're saying you need to be arrogant? And, and uh, Victor was like, no, I don't like that word. Right. But yes, without being arrogant and showing it like he feels like they've given those teams that they've lost to at home too much respect. And I thought I found that a really interesting because I think Greg Vanny knows and he's so seasoned now as a coach in this league um, to kind of build that. And that's what I was saying at the top of the show. They need to kind of build that you're not going to you're not going to get a point from us here at home and i felt like they won the midfield battle and i thought that they also exposed um there were moments on the flanks that i thought i didn't think araho had his best game correct um and i think that that he got exposed and he got frustrated which is why he kind of did the shorty thing right. which i thought <laughs> which was a bit cheeky but funny um you know and i i i just think it was a bit disjointed you got you know, I've always said, too, that this team has come together through loss, right, Josh? Right. But I just wonder if the game the other night with the travel and the the intensity of having so many games in a short space of time, I just wonder if it all kind of was a bit too much mentally for them. Exhausting. You know what I mean? I it's mean, got to come into play at some point. This whole this whole season is, is tough, and I, I'm never going to... Uh, uh, unlike some people on Twitter who think that, you know, these guys should just be robots every single time. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think you and I know different and we know that they're human beings and we know that it fluctuates and it comes in and listen, Sebastian Legette's going through something that is just absolutely, you know, tragic. So is Jonathan Dos Santos, um, mm -hmm. to say that, that you can certainly make those things positive, right? You can take those things and you can bring a team together and you can say this is positive, but there's still real grief and real stress in all of this. Um, Greg was talking today and after I sort of said, hey, you know, I'm exhausted and how about everybody else? You know, that type of thing. Uh, Larry said he was tired, but he was old. So he had an excuse, um, which was which was is true. He's 69. That is pretty old. Um, so, uh, you know, Greg said, I think we're really fortunate that we have a group of players that that can concentrate. Um, that puts in like concentrated concentrate, right? Like this is not like, oh, I can concentrate on something like me at work. I can concentrate on something for five minutes. That's, that's how mm -hmm. I work. I, I concentrate on something for five minutes and then I'm like, oh, look, I can't uh, just to tell you how much like ADHD I have is whenever I go to YouTube to like put in the live show that I'm going to do, I end up watching like 25 minutes of videos <laughs> because I can't, I, all I need to do is go to the place. I've had to make like shortcut keys so I don't stop in places mm -hmm. that I'm not supposed to. But Greg says this team concentrates and that they put a real effort into preparing for these games. I mean, you're talking about a team. Let's let's be very clear right now. They didn't do much training today, right? Because mm -hmm. they had a game on Tuesday, so then, yeah. then they, they recover on Wednesday. Today is Thursday. Thursday, they're going to do a very, very light training. I mean, mm -hmm. they're going to be like, this is how we sort of want to set things up, this type of thing. And then Friday is a walkthrough. We're, We're back there tomorrow night. Yeah, that's it. They're, and, and they're there. So this is a walkthrough on Thursday. This is it. This is mm -hmm. They weren't doing anything. So we talk so much about teams knowing who they are and being mature. And all the teams the Galaxy have lost to this year at home are mature teams, right? Mm -hmm. Seattle's a mature team. Sporting Kansas City's a mature team. Colorado is a mature team. Robin Frazier has them playing very smartly. There's mm -hmm. no superstars on that team, right? And so they know they just have to go in there and grind it. Did you see how physical Colorado was and wasn't yeah, going to get pushed? Yeah, they were very physical. 
that's what the galaxy are missing that that edge yes you know what they were out muscled the other night if you know it felt like they were second to every second challenge as well which is the key in kind of you know winning losing or drawing a game is what do you do the first ball was fine but what are you doing with that second and third ball and it just felt like they were late to all of those there were a lot I thought someone was going to get sent off there were a lot of yellow cards but you've got to have that physicality as the season goes on and as the playoffs come you don't want to get bullied off the ball you know by your rival by a rival in in your own backyard and it just felt like I felt like I felt for uh, Legette because it, he, he looked like he was trying too hard. Everybody you know? was. Greg, Greg talked about that so much. He said where we looked frantic. It looked like we were trying to force mm-hmm. things, right? And so mm-hmm. that was that's the part where you were saying they were missing the final pass. It was. They were, they were pressing so hard. Here's the thing, though. And I think I'm pretty right at this. Let's throw out the Dallas game at Dallas where it was the third game of a three-game road trip and they got blown out and blah, blah, blah. Throw that game out and pretend like it didn't happen for a second. Um the effort has been consistent. You can't say the LA Galaxy did not work hard against Colorado. They ran themselves into the ground trying to get back. So I think that if we've learned anything is that this Galaxy team comes and is prepared to outwork any team on the field. But it's about doing that smartly. And I think that we saw the brute force sort of attempt against Colorado, which is we're just going to force it in there and we're going to make it happen. And it's like, that's not not how this works. Josh, do you know what it is? What? Okay. I was thinking, especially at the beginning of that second half, Chicharito would make those runs. Mm -hmm. This is where we are going to need him. The team is going to need him because you can only do so much with a new team and young players for so long. And as the season goes and we hit September and then, you know, you get to the playoffs, they're going to need him. I was thinking to myself, wow, he would have run diagonally here he Mm. would have he would have taken two defenders out here and then that would have made room for Dejan you know uh Grand Sir I think is a real star in this team the dude his endurance is insane I was surprised that Vanny took him off to be honest with you um I I I thought that was a bad sub on his part but Chicharito in those spots I I I personally think and I've been hard on him, as you know, but it's at this point of the season where you start missing a player like that. Yeah, um, you're right. And hopefully he's coming back soon. We'll give you injury updates. And, and Greg actually was optimistic that he, uh, Chicharito would be back for the LAFC game. Not San Jose. Uh, there's a whole all-star game in between there, too, which is going to get ridiculous. So buckle up for that. Um, do you want to hear You want to hear? Uh, not a secret, but but something yes. that you were talking about. Grand, you were talking about Grand Sierra. Um, yeah. I don't believe he was supposed to start that game. Um, Why? Uh, because I think Greg was going to give him a rest because he is a guy who is a max. He's a Roman Alessandrini, right? Which is like, I'm going to run myself into the ground. Uh, and with guys like that, you need to rest them so that way you don't hurt them. Because you saw what Jorge Villafania is sort of going through right now, which is he's just beat up, right? And Nico Hamelainen has been great. Um, people are saying Nico should be a starting left back. I think Nico's going to get plenty of minutes, everybody. Just relax. Um, I think uh, when Viafania can come back and be healthy, he will start. But I also think that Nico's going to get plenty of time, and I think Greg's going to mix him in a lot. So I think they're going to be end up splitting minutes down the road more than anything else. Um, but I, I think that whenever Cabral got injured and they pulled up Cabral as a precaution, um, I think that forced Grand Sear back into the lineup. I think that sort of was the was the idea with that. So um, understanding here's, all that, yeah. Here's the other thing too. Yeah, you've got to have those two central defenders fit. Yeah, 
Yeah. Because I'm sorry, uh, Nick's a nice guy. Right. He's 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 kind of all over the place a little bit. I thought I thought know? he did well coming in both times now against Koulibaly, but I mean, you're you're losing something there. Um, you're and, losing something huge there, Josh. And I don't know. I mean, now we're also looking at 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 in terms of Dan Steris. Is Dan Steris fall below Nick Depew? Um, and this, it's still not something it's really, I don't know if everybody understands this during press conferences. It's really hard to ask about a player who's not really starting that much and like depth. It's hard. Like if we were doing a scrum, you could ask about it because I could wait till the very end and be like, do, 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 is anybody going to ask any questions? Hey, Greg, one, one quick question, totally off the wall here, but where do you see stairs in the depth chart? Because I noticed that you've been playing Nick Depew out there when we're on our zoom calls. Um, and Greg is very very explanation happy he loves to talk soccer and so he mm-hmm. will he, i like i think i asked him a question he went on for like four minutes for the first answer uh on yeah, after the did. game and yeah. it's, it's great because it's full ton of like little nuggets that you can pull out but you can't ask him about dan stairs then and where he sits with neck nick depew and how that is sort of sitting so eventually we'll figure out what that is or if there's an injury or that type of thing but it's interesting depew has been getting the start over stair or been getting the fill-in role uh, over Steris right now, which is an interesting turn of events. So yeah, I th- is that a trust thing? I don't know. I mean, is Steris? I, I mean, I would. I know who I would play. Uh, who I would start. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that you mentioned that about like whether or not you can ask him about those things. I mean, I, I felt like I don't. I don't know if it was a risk, but I had to ask him. And I don't know if you want to start on this now, and if you want to save it. But I had to ask him about the goalkeepers. Yes. No. Bring it. That's one of the things I wanted to talk about. Um, okay. Uh, because as we've seen when and Greg tipped this uh, and then I'll, I'll let you uh, you you go. So mm-hmm. but Greg tipped this that Bond was going to be back in starting goal. We talked about it uh, prior to the game um, and he let reporters know it's like I'm not going to I you know, Jonathan Bond did nothing wrong to be on the bench. He goes, I just wanted to give him a rest and there was no other way for me to do that. And there was no other way to me for me to get uh, Klinsman minutes than to do that. So now you had Klinsman who stood on his head and made seven saves. You had Jonathan Bond come in, uh, made some good saves on the night, actually overall pretty good, but uh, didn't get to another set piece. And that's now two and two games for him. He did not play well. I'm sorry. I completely disagree with you. He was responsible for both of the goals. He was all over the place. He, in he, the he box. wasn't responsible for the he, first one because that was he, a penalty kick. Okay, the penalty kick. So, sorry for so, the second yes. for the second one, but he actually got caught on corners two or three times. Is what I'm talking about. He was responsible for that goal. He came out of his six yard box. He looked like he was in no man's land. He was trying to do too much, and I think that for the first time, I questioned Greg Vanny because you don't need. If there's one position, Josh, that you shouldn't tinker with too much is the goalkeeper right why did bond didn't need to be rested I'm, he did not i would disagree need to be rested i would disagree i would say that being this is his first year in major league soccer with the travel and everything else and greg pointed out he has not played this many games in as many games as he play, has played it took him like three years to get that many games whenever uh he was coming from england so he's not a guy who's had high minutes so i think we have to at least respect that a little bit but i do agree with you that now at least there's the perception of a goalkeeper issue. Exactly. And here's the scoop. After Klinsman had the game that he did and he made all of those insane saves, he should have been the starter against Colorado. And then you bring Bondi back against San Jose. You can't drop a guy after he saves the team and is the man of the match and is in the MLS team of the week. Was he in the MLS team of the week? Yeah, he was. I can't. Yes, right. he was. 
I just thought I just don't he's such a good man manager and he's such so good at like juggling this new fresh team. Right. I just I just thought that 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 was an unnecessary move to make. And that's why I asked him, I go, do you think you've created an unnecessary narrative when it comes to the goalkeeping situation? Because I think he set Bond up a little bit there. So if he makes a mistake, fans, you know, the media, they could like latch on to that. I just think after that performance, let him play, keep him in the team, and then go back to Bond. If you really want to rest Bond, rest him, and then bring him back for San Jose. Um, I just think he created something there that wasn't necessary at all. Uh, And and especially for me, goalkeepers, just keep them playing, keep them hot. Right. Here's here. By the way, I do have this. I found this. I was looking for the uh, the audio. Uh, your question and Greg Vanny talking after the L.A. Galaxy's game against Colorado. So let's see if I can play this here. No, I, I mean, I think my responsibility as a coach is to figure out what the best team is that can be on the field to help us, uh, you know, win win games when it's all said and done. And I think Jonathan is Jonathan Bond has had a good, good season. Uh, we're midway through. He's played a lot of games, played more games in, in this half of the season than he's played in a number of years. So uh, we need Klensman to to get a game to see where he's at, to make sure he's ready. Uh, you know, and if uh, if it's all said and done, we get to the playoffs and, and Jonathan Klinsman happens to win the job, then that that's uh, that's football. So, um, you know, both of them need to be ready and be sharp. And, and there's a competition. There's no. For me, there's no there's no dialogue at, at the moment. They they just um, they both need to be ready and they both need to do their jobs when they're in the goal. All right, there we go. So there was there was Greg. I thought, uh, yeah, I thought that was an interesting comment when he said, "If if we get to the playoffs and Jonathan Klinsman wins the job, right? What well, what are you talking about? Well, it, it's, it's how are you going into the playoffs not knowing who your goalkeeper is? What is this? I think, is this the time of the season to talk about who's going to win the starting position? Well, this isn't the NFL. But I mean, this is the, the in, in in fairness to Greg, he's saying basically this is a meritocracy, right? If you earn it, then you play. And so if Jonathan Bond loses that starting spot, then Jonathan Klinsman is going to get it by earning it, right? If in training, Jonathan Klinsman is the better goalkeeper, then I, I think that that's true of any position. And I know goalkeepers can be sensitive. Um, and I know that, you, again, I agree with you that you don't mess with goalkeepers that much, but at the same time, Jonathan Bond has to know that, Hey, that's great. We're glad you're here. Um, you don't fight and Jonathan Clinton is going to take your job just like everybody else on that roster right now is if you don't fight, somebody's going to take your job. Uh, and I think Greg is good at that, um, in terms of saying, and, and at least making that decision, right? Which is Bruce Serena was good at the, that too, right? He was like, Hey, Mike McGee, you're on the bench today. Okay, cool. What Greg said today was interesting, and I think it goes along with this. He says, you know, every time I make a decision on a roster, um, and I'm paraphrasing, but every time I make it, I have guys who want to play every minute. There's nobody asking to sit out. He goes, every single guy wants to play every single minute. He goes, and that's great as a coach because that means that I have a difficult decision to make, right? It's like I have to make these decisions and, and all these things affect that. So Jonathan Klinsman wants to start just like Jonathan Bond does. Um, and I hope, and everybody always says it, but I always think they're lying. Don't you think they're lying whenever they say, oh no, the competition is really good. It pushes us all. Aren't they lying? No. Whenever uh, they say you it? know, it's funny. I asked this question to two professionals on the podcast the other day, right. um, because a listener in chat said, Sophie, please ask them if when they're sitting on the bench and some, they want someone to play, 
terribly right so they could just get on and get a game and they're like no it's all about the team and no, they're all like no, no way no, <laughs> no i'm sorry but like it's like imagine being at your job and they bring somebody up who's gonna watch you do all your stuff and you're I like know. and they're like uh they're like oh don't worry he's here to support you it's like no, no no that dude's here to take my job um and it's competition i get it in sports competition is everything um so i understand that being the atmosphere but at the same time that's cutthroat, right? You know Jonathan Klinsman wants to start over Jonathan Bond at all costs. We'll absolutely do it. I think Jonathan it. Bond played nervous a little bit because Klinsman had such an insanely good game that is it's got to be in the back of his mind. Like you said, in work, someone does a great presentation and you're like, wow, God, yeah. I feel I felt that. Yeah. I got to up my, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know. What I got to up my game. So I just think that he needs to be really careful with that. He created something where it seemed like everything was a bit harmonious and... I just felt like that was poor management and he's been so good all season. I'll say this and I will argue this and I am I'm generally this person. So this isn't in defense of Jonathan Bond. It's in defense of every player um, that I see that I sort of put myself in shoes. I actually played goalkeeper whenever I was growing up. Not enough to be like smart about it. No positioning. Great. But when you look at the goal against Vancouver that Jonathan Bond didn't get to. Right. And everybody goes, oh, that's Bond. He has to get there. And that was probably one where I would agree more than any of them that he had to get there in order to do it. At the same time, Sega Koulibaly should probably cover a guy who's jumping right next to him and, and, and make sure that um, that was Kevin Baxter trying to call me during a podcast. So just in case anybody wanted to know how good Kevin is at paying attention to when my shows are, um, that was Kevin trying to call in. Um, but, you know, that's one of those things. Now, here's the thing. And this, this is always my argument. If Jonathan Bond stays in goal, Right. And he doesn't come out after that ball because he wasn't going to get there. Right. We all agree he wasn't going to get there because he didn't get there. He was a good two steps short of getting to that ball in the Vancouver game. If he stays on his goal line, does he stop the shot? The answer is no, because the ball goes into the corner perfectly. He, nobody's stopping that shot. So that's one. And then mm. go against the goal in Colorado. Do you want him? He has to go cover the front post because that ball's sent to the front post, right? So he has to cheat himself forward towards that front post a little bit whenever that ball comes in. Then the ball gets flicked back over basically his head to the back post. The only thing he can do is then turn to that back post and start cutting off the angle as quickly as possible. And then there's three players on that back post and he has to try to jump through three of them in order to get to the ball. If he stays where he's at, if he stays, does he get to that ball? If he actually assumes the position he should on a corner kick, that wouldn't happen. If he, the, and the, I ball crosses, the ball is deflected. The ball is deflected. Here's the scoop, though. The truth is, is that set pieces are the Achilles heel. Yes. But again, I said Agreed. it to Greg. Yep. I said, off, whether it's offensive or defensive, corners are not great, right? right. Yes. Um, but especially defensively, it seems to be an issue. Yes. And positioning of the goalkeeper has everything to do with some of those issues. And I understand and I get what you're saying because sometimes the defense aren't as aligned. I'm not sold on Williams. <sighs> Big oh, do you, do you want to hear, do you want to hear, I, I get, I get where you're coming with that. And mm -hmm. I'm going to say this and everybody's going to be like, well, what's the problem? Um, and it's because I don't have a high opinion, high as high an opinion as some people have of this person. He reminds me a lot of yellow Van Damme. Um, which is a big body, uh, a guy who will absolutely get stuck in. Uh, he likes to play physical. Uh, he's uh, he's better with his feet, I think, than Yella is. So I think that's actually a plus there. Uh, but is prone to making mistakes by being over aggressive. Um, mm -hmm. And I see that. Now, Greg has asked the center backs to step into space to draw defenders 
and then pass out of that, which mm-hmm. is good. But Williams gets caught forward a bunch. Uh, Sega gets caught forward a bunch. And the Galaxy need to be smarter with how they do that. So mm-hmm. I call him Yellow Van Damme, which is not a, not a, again, it's not a compliment in terms of how high, I don't think Yellow was as good as people think he was. He played Well, with, he was just iconic, right? Because he was, you know, the captain right. and, you know, he had this bravado and this personality. Absolutely. But you bring up a great point because this is why I think that the team um, was a little bit more challenged when Nick came on because, you know, bringing the ball out from the back, I don't think Williams is great at that, and I don't think Nick is great at that. So when you lose, you know, um, Kulibai, right. you know, you 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 suffer from from that a little bit, which is why so much goes out to the left flank and uh, to the left and the right. Yes, and plays built up more on the flanks than it is going through the middle. Yeah, and um, and I just think that's going to be a bit of an issue going deeper into the season. They. They uh, they they have that they have that issue for sure. Yeah, there there is. Um, if we look at the uh, the passing chart, uh, the formation shows average positions. I talk about this all the time. Uh, for those of you on the podcast, very bunched in the midfield, uh, a lot more bunched than I probably would have liked to see it. With Dion uh, Jovalich up top and Grant Sear. Grant Sear was basically the second forward in this lineup um, for this game, and he has been in that position many times. He is one of the most advanced players on the field um, when he plays. You know, you had Jonathan Dos Santos playing this. Uh, again, Jonathan Dos Santos looked like he got injured during this game. As a matter of fact, he looked like he got injured enough to where I asked Greg an injury update on him, and he goes, uh, no, he's fine. Uh, and it was... We, we have to remember with Jonathan Dos Santos, because at one time you're like, oh, he pulled a hammy. That's it. It's done. Yeah. Every, everybody yeah. shut it down. We're, we're, we're done here. Um, we have to remember that Jonathan Dos Santos is suffering from cramps um, and that mm-hmm. we may see him do that and cramp up during games and he's going to play through it. Um, that being said, I think Jonathan Dos Santos has been totally disappointing this year. Um, when he has made the field, uh, he has not been an energetic or a, you know, a designated player level player. Um, I know the Galaxy are making decisions on his future with the club now um, because if you're going to resign him, resigning him soon happens uh, here. His contract's up, and I don't see any way how Jonathan Dos Santos looks like he's staying with this team right now. I said to you a few months ago, it's time to cut the cord. I feel that. I feel And yeah. it's, you know, I'm not, okay, shoot me, but I think the team's better off with Sasha Kleistrom playing in midfield. Yes, up to a certain point. I will say that Jonathan Dos Santos provides more energy across a longer period. But having said that, in a crowded midfield with Sebastian Legette, with Victor Vasquez, um, with uh, Revolucent. Uh, no, see, I keep wanting to. Uh, Rav, no, he's so good, by the way. He is. Um, Ryan is is has been so solid. I mean, that goal he hit was just a worldy. I mean, half volley, just boom, uh, in the back of the net. He's uh, impressive. And he is a, a, a star in the making. And I, I just think that Jonah may take a couple of um, opposing plays with him when he has the ball because they're always worried about what he's going to do with the ball. Right. Because, of course, he can, you know, produce slick passing. But I just don't see it. I just don't see the value. And I, I, we all adore him. You that, know, yeah, it's a, not a personal a, thing. No, <laughs> not, no, he's such a wonderful human being. And um, it's got nothing to do with what, you know, the things that have happened. It's, it's tough. But we're talking about stuff from before, right. right? And and last season even. And he's he's injury prone now, 
and you just can't afford to have that at that salary as well. That's that's uh, that's hefty. Yeah, really hefty. Uh, but and and now you sort of see, uh, you know, uh, a revolution. Oh God, I, I we've said his name too many times, and I pride myself on making sure I get it, and I say it three different ways in my head every Go time. Go on, do um, it again. No, revolution. Just call him Ryan. That's why, I, that's why I call Re- Nick Nick. Yeah, I, I always I always fear I'm going to screw his name up. No, so. I, I like to I like to get it, but um, overall. You know, he has provided the replacement for Jonathan Dos Santos. I mean, if you can't see that, and if Jonathan Dos Santos can't see that, Uh um, and I think we all see that, uh, it's interesting to see how that goes. Um, Injury updates from this game. Galaxy lose 2-1. We've talked about that. Uh, Galaxy doesn't hurt them in the standings, except Colorado pulls forward uh, to within a point, I believe, um, and now can jump the Galaxy. If you lose any more and Colorado wins, Colorado's a very stingy team. Um, so Colorado can definitely jump uh, the LA Galaxy from here on out. And Colorado has two games in hand to the LA Galaxy as well. So uh, keep all of that in mind yep. um, as we continue forward here that they close the gap. Now, here's the thing about the gap, though. Seattle, Sporting Kansas City, LA, Colorado, they're separating themselves from the rest of the pack. Uh, RSL, Minnesota, Portland, LAFC, S- San Jose, Dallas, Vancouver, Houston and uh, Austin are all in this other pack. Uh, it's Seattle and Sporting Kansas City who are the good teams in the Western Conference. You have LA and Colorado who are more good than bad. Um, and then you have the rest of the teams that are very much 50-50 right now in terms of how they sort of play and how they go. And then you have the bad teams like Austin is bad and Houston is bad. Um, that being said, I think those are difficult games to play both of those teams right now. It doesn't really matter um, how it goes, but games that you should win uh, overall. So uh, the Galaxy stay in third place. It doesn't kill them, but obviously you were looking for a nine-point week whenever you beat Minnesota on the road. It, it, if everything's equal, so I think I was hoping that the Galaxy gets seven points um, out of this this road tri- the road trip plus the other two games. Um, I thought they would focus on their home game. I thought that they would have an easier time with Colorado because Colorado would throw focus towards their home game coming up this weekend. And in the way they did, because Colorado didn't start some of their starters, they brought them in off the bench. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, Galaxy have to understand that uh, certainly Colorado. Uh, is a more mature team than them. The Galaxy have to become more mature. That's bottom line, is they have to figure out how to grind those wins out. Um, and th- that's going to be the most important thing going forward. You know, are they going to be able to grind out? Are they going to be able to win ugly? Mm-hmm. You know, they tried to do too many cutesy things the other night too. But, so many back hills and stuff. Just pass the ball. Don't over overcomplicate the game. I will say, you know? I will say though, and I know people say that, and I, I can agree with that up to a certain point, when you're feeling it, though, and the Galaxy were feeling it, right? I mean, we saw some Tiki Taco, um, which we haven't seen Tiki Taco in a very long time. It was a joyous thing to watch. Um, when you're feeling it, play the back pass. When you're not feeling it, don't play, don't force a back pass. That's one thing I don't like. Back passes when you're feeling it, fine. Back passes when you're not feeling it, don't, don't force it because then you look like a moron. Don't look like a moron but, with back passes, right? No, but they lost possession a lot they with did. some of the back heels and stuff like that. I mean, it's just sometimes you just got to keep the game simple. Get the goal, get in, get out. And that's the maturity level that you're talking about with Colorado. They just played the ball. They did their jobs and they got in, got out, got the win. And LA Galaxy need to learn that. Right. Um, Josh. Yeah, they have to. They really do. Uh, when we look at expected goals in this game, by the way, Colorado ended up with 1.9, the Galaxy 1.4. So those are your expected goals. The only thing you say here is that if you don't give Colorado a penalty kick, then they don't win the expected goals uh, uh, 
a slight well, they miss. should have had a, that push was an obvious penalty. We all, all of us in the pre- press we're like, box were like, oh, another, gosh, yeah, that's that, another penalty. That was another penalty. Absolutely. Uh, if we look at designated players, by the way, uh, because we're talking about it, uh, Javier Hernandez, I'm. I mean, there's part of me, I don't, I'm not going to be the alarmist on this, but part of me wonders if you're getting Chicharito back to 100% this season um, because it's just taken so long to get him. Um, but when you look at where the LA Galaxy are right now through 20 games, uh, they have had designated players, their three designated players, play less than 60% of the total available minutes, uh, 57.4. And Kevin Cabral has played the most, 83, 83.7% uh, of the time. Uh, he's played, excuse me, 83.7% of the total available minutes to him. Um, so he has 1,205 minutes out of a total of 1,440 minutes available to him. Uh, Javier Hernandez has 866 minutes, totally a total out of 1,800 minutes so far this mm. season. So um, you can see it, you know, uh, te- technically speaking, even with Javier Hernandez not playing, I think now 10 games. Um, I think that's what Greg said today. I, I didn't get to check it, but uh, 10 games now, he still has played more minutes than Jonathan Dos Santos. Do you think there's something more going on there no. with his injury? No, no, I don't. No? I just think, okay. and the only reason I shut it down so quickly is because that's basically all I see on Facebook is conspiracy theories that he's just, you know, <laughs> it's because he's getting divorced and he can't handle it. Oh, no, no, no I'm not talking yeah. about that. I'm talking about his actual physicality, his body. No. Is there something a little bit more going on? It's it's the same thing that it was last year, which is not good. You know, it's the same strain, the same muscle, the same leg, the scar tissue, uh, fluid building up around the scar tissue. I mean, none of that is good. You're talking about worst case scenario in terms of a strain is to strain it in the exact same place that you did the last time with scar tissue around it. So the healing is, you know, ob- obstructed by the scar tissue or at least um, slows down that healing. Uh, and then you have fluid that builds up around it, which obstructs the healing again. And it's like, I think they've te- taken a bunch of steps forward. Um, and every time they've had to pair it back because he's not there, he's not ready to mm-hmm. keep moving forward. So, um, mm, yeah, interesting. I just wanted to address something in chat real quick, yes. uh, cause, uh, about bond saying that we're throwing, I'm throwing or some fans or me are throwing him under the bus. I'm not, I'm saying Vanny set him up mm-hmm. to fail in that regard. Vanny I'm saying threw that him under he the bus. Sh- um, he shouldn't have made that move. Right. I think Bond is a really good goalkeeper and he's been great this season and his personality and character is a phenomenal addition to this team. Yes. He's a cool guy. So I'm not. I'm just saying it wasn't necessary to do that to begin with. And you put put him in a position where now he may be thinking twice about things. So sorry, I just wanted to address that. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. Absolutely. Um, real quick, if we look at the home points, because we were sort of looking at that and you were talking about the home form. So uh, the average for the LA Galaxy at home over their 25 plus seasons now uh, has been 1.90 points per game at home. Okay, that's the average across everything. That includes 0.82 points per game in 2017. And it, it includes uh, 2.50 points per game in two. 2002 at home. All right. So right now the LA galaxy sitting at two points per game at home, uh, slightly above their average of 1.9. I would expect that by the way, mirroring 2019 again, uh, this, this is very much, uh, and, and the more we go, the more you look at 2019, which didn't finish out great. Um, and so I want everybody yeah. to be very aware that so far what we're seeing is a Galaxy team that is very much on pace with the 2019 team. And I remember in 2019 being going, this is the fourth best start for the LA Galaxy, and what, which is what I've been doing all this year. You've been really um, consistent on this, Josh, and you've brought it up a few times. We were talking about it uh, the other day when we were at the game. And this is why, and I'll ask you this, do you think 
that the Galaxy can go, and I say all the way, but even make a run in the playoffs, get to the final without Javier. Do you think they can do that? Because no. Dejan has a lot to learn. Yeah, yeah. He's very, he's, I mean, I'm sure he's going to, you know, he needs game time. He needs to get used to the league. He just seemed a little bit, again, I used the man, I used the word loss. I, th- I felt like there were a couple of players like that in the match the other day. Right. So the fact that you bring this up again, because you've been really clear about that, that comparison to 2019, I just wonder if the team can go all the way without um, Hernandez. No, but I question whether they can go all the way with him as well. So I don't think that that's necessarily a, 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 if anybody was around during 2009, this feels similar to 2009, right? And the reason it does is that the 2009 was a rebuilding year. It was sort of like you weren't there weren't high expectations for the Galaxy that year, and Bruce Arena took them to an MLS Cup that they lost. They weren't ready, um, and I think everybody can realize that. Now in 2010, they come back and win the Sporter Shield and felt like they were ready, and then Dallas knocked them out of the playoffs that year, mm-hmm. um, and so maybe they weren't ready. And then in 20, 2011, they won the Supporter Shield and they won MLS Cup. Guess what? They were ready. And they were ready in 2012 as well. And quite honestly, they were probably a team that was ready in 2013, but they were exhausted after the two-year run and they just didn't have it in it. But they came back and they figured it out again in 2014. Again, they were ready. 2015, a lot of changes. I don't know if you can say that team was ready, but they had a lot of firepower that maybe they could have been. 2016, last year with Bruce, probably not ready to, to do it. There's Teams have to evolve and and learn and grow together and understand each other and get things right. And they have to be, and Greg, I I heard him in a training session. He was, he was saying something. He's like, you don't have to make so many passes. Sometimes it's just about being, whenever you're in trouble, be connected with your teammates and make the simple pass. Right. And that's just what what I said earlier. Yes. And, but there's something to that. Teams have to understand that they have that within them, right? The winning mentality, the killer instinct, uh, the thing Victor Vasquez is missing, says is missing the thing that Greg Vanny is missing. It's that understanding that yes, we're down right now, two to one, but we're going to score and we know how to score Mm -hmm. and we've been there before and we know how to do it. That's, that's it. Um, and so I think they're still missing some things and they're missing that, that they're young. They're young in terms of team. Um, they're young in that and they need to learn how to win games. They need to learn how to fight through and be professional. I really love their win against Real Salt Lake at home, the one nothing win, mm-hmm. because that, th- that is grinded out professional. That's what you want to see is yeah. even when you're not playing great, you can get a win and you can keep the other team off the board. Thank you very much. We'll get out of here. We'll take three points and you know what? We'll get better for next game. Um, and we won't waste so much effort on some of these games too. Um, so I think that's where they got it wrong against Colorado is that they didn't realize to keep Colorado pinned and not let them up and to score the goals and provide some separation so they didn't have to work so hard. Uh, yeah. so that's why I don't think they're ready to win an MLS cup. That doesn't mean they won't end up there. That doesn't mean they couldn't win it, but I'm just saying right now, even with Chicharito, who I think is amazing and it should be an MVP this year if he was on the field playing. Um, but he's not. And even when he comes back, I'm not sure the Galaxy are wise enough this year to to lift a cup, but it's better. And again, mm-hmm. I said somebody said, "Oh, it feels like we're just a playoff team. We're just going to go to the playoff team, playoff uh, playoffs, win a couple of games, and then get knocked out in like the semifinals." I'm like, "Oh my god, sounds great! Like, sign me up after 2020. Who's not liking that?" Yeah, and and for this team, that experience would be fantastic. This team has to, and you know, I mean, there's still a lot of games to go, but 
they're going to get to the playoffs, hopefully, and they'll have great experiences there. And you're right. Like a lot of the times you may not win first time around, but he's building a new culture, isn't he? He's building a new DNA for this team. They're young. So you're hoping that at the same time, I felt like the emotional wave would also help ride them there. But my biggest concern, too, is that they'll be zapped mentally from a lot of that as well. Uh, that's the juxtaposition to kind of riding a wave together and there's a definite togetherness, but also the opposite can happen when so much has happened off the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's get to injury updates before we go ahead and look at the San Jose game. Um, the injury updates, actually a very good injury update from uh, from Greg Vanny, a lot of availability. Uh, there was there were thoughts, uh, at least at the game, that Koulibaly suffered a concussion. Uh, in fact, I think they made a concussion sub during yes. that game. And so eventually everybody would get an extra sub if they needed it to be. Nobody used it and wasn't done. But uh, subsequent tests after that game um, and certainly throughout the last couple of days have shown that that Koulibaly did not have a concussion. Um, and, you know, it's not just one test. Somebody was like, I find it hard to believe that somebody who was pointing to their head and then said he was going to throw it. I mean, they're making a lot of assumptions based, based on what they saw on the field and the whole deal. And I'm like, this isn't just one test that they went through. This was multiple tests over multiple days to conclude that Koulibaly does not have a concussion, and that means that he is available for the game coming up on Friday. So uh, if you were worried about him, the good news is he didn't have one. At least that's the official diagnosis. No concussion. He's back. Uh, Kevin Cabral, Vanny said, was uh, was a precautionary uh hold off from the last game and he said that he would be available as well against San Jose so he looks good uh Jonathan Dos Santos didn't hurt anything he's fine he didn't get injured I think somebody said it's pretty funny whenever you get injured so much that that people ask uh, ask about you uh ask to see if you got injured even when you didn't um and I was like yeah that that's kind of true uh in some ways uh so Jonathan Dos Santos is available for that uh Chicharito is out for the San Jose game uh, Greg Vanny was very optimistic, though, said that he thinks that he should be able to play a part in the LAFC game. Somebody asked him if he would play in the All-Star game. And Greg said, if it was up to me, I'm going to be very honest. I don't want him to have any involvement in that game. He, he should goes, not. No, of course not. But and Greg alluded to this in the answer. He said, but he goes, I don't know what that does for his availability for the LAFC game if he doesn't play in the All-Star game, because there is a rule. And everybody keeps pretending that like MLS is just going to forgive this rule, but MLS hasn't said they're going to forgive this rule. And Greg Vanny seemed to indicate that they're still working on this with the league, which is if you don't play in the all-star game, if you're injured for the all-star game, you can't play in the next game for your team. That's, that's the most ridiculous rule in the history of the world. And, and, and we should call this the Zlatan rule, right? Because Zlatan mm -hmm. was like, oh no, I'm injured. I'm not going to play in this game. And then they're like, okay, well you can't play in the next game. Um, and that's, that's where this came from. Yeah. Um, well, anything to punish Zlatan. Of course. But the whole problem here is that Chicharito has been injured for a significant amount of time. And just when he's about ready to come back, the last thing you want him to do is play in a stupid, you know, exhibition game where I'm sorry, but everybody thinks this is going to be like some sort of like walk in the park and Liga MX is going to come out here and try to kick MLS's oh, butt yeah. and MLS is going to try to kick Liga MX's butt. This is not going to be a walk in the park. It's actually going to be a competitive game if you're interested in that. Um, I think everybody's just interested in LA Galaxy players not getting hurt. Um, and that's what you should uh, say in that. So Chicharito and, and Julian Araujo are the, are the from, two all-star From a games. commercial point of view, Josh, I completely understand that the league wants him to play. And I get it. He He's, you know, he's an all-star. He'll, he, he'll want to show up, but absolutely not. He's the, the LA Galaxy is the most important thing 
And he's been out for so long. Imagine if he goes out and plays and re-injures himself. That would be an absolute catastrophe. And that raw is bogus. And the other part about that is that if he, let's say MLS says, okay, well, if you can't play in the All-Star game, then we're not going to have you play against LAFC. That goes against the league's best interest too. Right, because the even worse right? that is actually. Yeah, exactly. It's it's and that's that's horrible. Oh man, you don't want to have that. But Greg said he was hopeful that Chicharito would have some involvement in that LAFC game and then get a break and then be able to really come in and, and make us make uh, his appearances, get some game minutes, and start really working himself back into shape after that. So right now we are targeting the LAFC game. Uh, as the game where Chicharito is coming back. That's Greg Vanny's words, um, not really mine. Um, but he says that's that's what we're looking at right now. Uh, the only other uh, injury update was Viafania, who has a bone bruise. Uh, he is available. Uh, as far as Greg said, Greg said that he would be available as long as he didn't have a reaction to the training today. And he said he was going to leave the press conference and go into the locker room to talk to him and find out how he sort of handled the training today. Uh, it's nothing. He can play on it. It's a bone bruise, right? So it's just really sore. And so it can be a problem. But if you have somebody like Nico Hamelainen, you're not really concerned whether or not Viafania can play in this game because I don't you're think that's you, an issue, right? Yeah, you yeah. can play Nico, and that's not a problem. So th anyway, that's your your updates. Everybody seems like they're pretty healthy. Everybody's good. Uh, and Greg will not. Greg does not offer up injuries. You have to ask them about specific players in order to get the answers. So there could be somebody who's injured who we don't know about right now, and he'll keep that to himself, which I totally respect. Make me ask. Um, about everyone. Although Scott French once said, if you have coaches who do that, uh, all you do is go down the roster and say, is this person available? Is this person available? Is this person available? And then they get the, they get the point. So I always like that as well. So I think it's important the listeners know that you ask those questions, Josh. You he, try to get the intel for them all the time. He, one, I think that's our, I, I know everybody is asking questions about their stories and they want to write their story for their pregame and like, oh, this is the preview and I'm going to put this quote in there. Uh, that's probably what Kevin was calling me about. It was a quote or something like that. Um, and so he, they, everybody wants to do that but i think our job there is to ask the questions about injuries and who's going to be available and if the coach wants to answer them, that's fine and if they don't yeah. mls isn't going to penalize them so he doesn't have to answer but greg answers so i'm sure they go okay next up is josh guessman and greg goes up oh, here come all the injury questions <laughs> um the whole deal and so then i list them off for him and and then it, we always like gives me a little smile he's like yep okay we'll get we'll get through all of them so uh, greg's great uh, to talk to by the way yeah. um, he so is he really is super easy to talk to all right let's get to this game coming up though um, here we go. San Jose Earthquakes, LA Galaxy, the Cali Classico. Uh, this is an important game for the Galaxy. Uh, I'll tell you right now, San Jose has not lost since the last time they played the LA Galaxy, uh, which was a little while ago. Uh, it's actually nine games ago for them. They are, but get this, get this, nine games, Sophie. Nine games the San Jose Earthquakes have played. They have won two of them, but haven't lost in nine games. So that means they have seven draws. Uh, they drew Minnesota after getting a red card in the 22nd minute. Uh, so Nathan, uh, who's I think one of their defenders, is not going to be playing in this game. Um, and so it's kind of incestuous here. The Galaxy played Minnesota, and then Minnesota went to play San Jose, and now San Jose goes to play the LA Galaxy. Oh, I kind of love MLS scheduling, um, how it all goes. But this game is at 7.30 p.m. It's on ESPN2. Uh, kickoff is expected at 7.38 p.m., so just keep that in mind as you're all going to the stadium. You're going to need to be there by 7.38. That's when the ball drops, and people will actually be playing. I think John Champion and Taylor Twelman will be on the call. Uh, the reason is that Greg Vanny was late to his press conference today because we were waiting for them to finish up with Taylor Twelman and John Champion for ESPN2. So um, just about 10 minutes, that's fine. He's usually on time, so I'm, I'm not going to complain even a little bit. Um, so that's where we sit. Uh, the LA Galaxy, this is the original rivalry for the LA Galaxy. Um, yeah. 
I'll I'll say what I said after the Galaxy beat San Jose the last time. Uh, San Jose is not treating this as a rivalry, and the Galaxy aren't treating it as a rivalry. And the reason is that San Jose has sort of become that sorry team that's just trying to struggle to stay alive. Now, having said that, they've picked up their momentum since the last time. Uh, Almeida has shifted away from the man marking a little bit, Sophie. Greg Vandy talked at length about that today, how he says they're not as extreme with the man marking. They're playing a little more zone. He goes, and that's helped them be a little more tight. He goes, so all of their games are tight now. And if you go back and you look at these, these are one nothing wins, 1-1 games. Uh, the Minnesota game was 1-1, so a lot of draws. So that's what the Galaxy are going to go up against is a team that is going to be defensively stubborn uh, and then probably look to break on a counter. And and they do that well. So two things on that. First is, uh, I don't know who doesn't consider this a rivalry in terms of what you said, but fans do. Eh. You? Eh. Oh, come on. Come on. Eh. If there's one team, one there's two. If there's especially. one team, it's LAFC. If there's two it's teams, still I, San Jose I might well. argue it's Seattle over over uh, San Jose. Make it three teams. I mean, nobody wants to lose to San Jose. Nobody, I can't wants, nobody wants to lose to them, Soph, but I just, I don't. It's still a rivalry. Sure. It's still a, it In, doesn't matter because it's a derby, right? It's, it's like when Arsenal were really good and Tottenham were rubbish, it was still a derby. You still don't want to lose to them. Right. That's the thing. You never I, want to lose okay. two games in the season. You can't lose to Tottenham home or away. That is it. That is the rule. OK, right. Gotcha. I can I can see. And I, I think that that applies to the LAFC game. And I'm sure it. Listen, Galaxy fans don't like to lose any game ever and they will complain, but they will complain more if they lose to San Jose. So I agree with that in, in, in certain ways. I just I am of the belief that rivalries exist and everybody can tell very easily what those rivalries are. And I think that this has history behind it, um, which is mm -hmm. the only reason it still stays within our rivalry zone um, is the history. But I am, I am not one who believes that, that San Jose is a current top level rival because San Jose hasn't been a, they don't put any money into that team. It's not it's not like it, it doesn't matter. They're still were you there that night when Alan Gordon scored that header, the third, the three two match, which is the, for you, San Jose when he scored for or? San Jose when he yes. played for San Jose. Yes, yes, that's when those were that was, those were rivalry games. I agree with that. That was when those games were were something. But those are the things you don't forget, right? As a fan, for me personally, that's what I think. I still think they're a rival. They may not be good, but they're still a rival. Okay. you have to approach it as such. There's, is all I'm saying. Listen, I'll tell you right now. There's a, like 99% of the people disagree with me on this. And that's fine. I don't, it doesn't bother me. I like, that's I'm not going to lose. I'm not going to leave sleep about it. I'm just saying that <laughs> in my mind, this just, it's not the same level. It's not okay. the same level. It's not even close to the same level as it used to be. My so. second point real quick was they do a loss from all that you've said in terms of the draws and how many times they are due a loss. And this game is absolutely a must win. There is no excuse. They have to win this game. You cannot lose two home games on the trot. Yes. One to the Rapids, who right. are going to be a competitor in the playoffs and as this season rolls on, Josh, and the other is losing to San Jose at home, who are, what, ninth, tenth right now. They're average, bang average team. You just can't lose this. It's three points or... It's gonna, it's, or, it's gonna be a problem. Or there will be another game. You can say it. There will be another game. I mean, yes, I 100% agree with you. Mostly because of Josh's rules of soccer, and Josh's rules of soccer are: you win your home games and you try to steal points on the road. Um, and the Galaxy lost, got they stole points on the road 
which was good, but they didn't win their home game, which is bad. And now they need to win in order to make up for that loss. Because like I said, if you would have said the Galaxy gets six or seven points out of these three games, you're like, that's pretty good. Because you expected them to go to Minnesota, who a team who hadn't lost once in the last 13 games, or only lost once in the last 13 games. You expect to go there and struggle with that team. And instead, you steal points and you keep them off the board and it's a shutout. So you gain two points there as far as I'm concerned. Now... You lost three points to Colorado because you should win your home games. Absolutely. Um, unless it's Absolutely. one of the top two teams, you know, Seattle or Sporting Kansas City. I still don't think the Galaxy match up well against either of those teams. And I don't expect them even at home to beat them yet. That doesn't mean they can't get to that point. But I'm just it's not there yet for me. Um, so having said that, uh, I expect them to beat San Jose. San Jose is not a good team. Um, right. San, San Jose has been playing, you know, some also rans um, and they don't. You know, this little surge they're on right now is their death surge. Did you ever watch Grey's Anatomy? Do you have, have you watched? No, Grey's? I never really got into okay. that show. I, um, by the way, I only watched like the first like season or two. My wife watched he says, everything. He says, yeah, but there was there was a point. I remember this one part, and I don't remember. I always say this. I say this about my dog all the time too. Is that one of the doctors there? I think it was uh, McSteamy. Um, McSteamy was, was dying, right? And then all of a sudden he was getting better, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, he's getting better!" And one of the doctors goes. This is the surge, right? This is the surge. Like you, you get the surge of adrenaline just before your body completely gives out. You die, right? And that's what I say to my dog all the time, who's like thirteen. And I'm like, you're up. Oh, here comes the surge. I go, it's, oh, it's bless. I know she's a sweetheart, but I'm like, I'm always like, eh, it's gonna happen. I feel like this is San Jose's surge. All right, they have now. They're they're you know unbeaten in their last nine games. Mm -hmm. The Galaxy were the last team to beat them. They feel like they're they're clawing up to the top, and as they reach for it, as they're surging, I want the Galaxy to like kick their fingers out and they fall down the cliff and realize that this is it. <laughs> All right, I want to see like in Die Hard where they have the camera and you see the guy. I was just about to say that scene where um, Alan Rickman is clinging on uh, for dear life at Nakatomi Plaza. And uh, yeah, that's not that's not good. But I think, you know, it would be I think they need to have one of those thrashing, convincing wins. Yeah. You know, four, five, one. Right. Um, really go for it and just batter them. Yeah, you know no, what I mean? No mercy. No more. A little no a little karate kid. Yeah. No mercy. No mercy um, at all. So I'm glad we got all those movie references in today. That was that was wonderful. Um, I just want to know, were there any other uh, famous people outside of Sean Connery that you've also watched Ghost with? Um, I just before we close up the rest of this, <laughs> I feel like I feel like we need a separate podcast just to talk to you about like other stuff. I Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do a pop culture episode. And I can tell you, I mean, he's uh, I, I haven't I haven't even told you about Sir Anthony Hopkins yet. I mean, that's a whole other, you know, I mean, I was glad he just didn't eat my liver. <laughs> All right. I think we're good there. Uh, your your prediction for the San Jose game. Uh, so. Five one. Five one. At least you're being con conservative. That's nice. Um, I fancy goals and I think the team is going to bounce back. I think Greg's going to have them ready. Whoever plays, I don't know who, is he going to rotate? Does he have the ability to rotate uh, based on what, what, what's going on? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he, he, he will, uh, some, somebody will be rotated. It won't be drastic. I don't think because they're at home. So I don't think that they need the drastic rotation, but somebody who started last game will not start this game. That's my, my guess. I mean, that duh first of all but this is this is the kind of game where Dejan can really kind of you know get into it and and I think get a couple goals get a brace get a hat trick something to get him fired up and get him going let's get him going I think it's really important that uh, that he has a good game and nicks a goal here or there I'd be good I think uh <clears throat> two one 
I fancy 2-1 LA Galaxy. I think they should win this game. Um, this is a game. This is a game. These are the types of games I want to see them win. If there are people below them in the table, Sophie, they should beat them. That's where this Galaxy team is right now. So listen, Colorado beat them, and I think that's a bad loss. And I think that they can play better than that. And you know, they I think they got a little unlucky too, but um, mostly their own faults. So real quick, I'm on a bit of a roll because I actually said Brentford would beat Arsenal, right. which you know was kind of horrific. But um, I I think there's a big performance in this team on Friday. They go they they were you could tell they were beat they were so bummed about losing that match at the end. They don't, you know, usually you just the the hands on knees and things like that. You know, it, I I think I think I I think they'll have a performance tomorrow night. I really do. The LA Galaxy this season have not lost back to back games. That has yeah. not happened, and that was something that they all said. Um, they said that they, was one of the things they said they wanted. If they lost a game, they didn't want to. They did not want to lose back to back game this year. This was one of their like goals. Don't lose back to back games. Somebody put on Twitter. Yeah, but did, I, we didn't realize they also made a pact to not win back to back games either. And, you know, <laughs> I thought that was funny. So I was like, well played. I, I enjoy the gallows humor, you know? Yeah, I know it was it, there's some there's some good stuff in there. So, um, yeah, that's that's where we sit uh, again. Again, game time is. 7.30 p.m. Make sure you get there. Um, masks, masks, masks will be required at this game. This is an L.A. County law um, or a rule, a health rule. Uh, so if you're going to the game, it is mandatory mask requirement for any large gathering over 10,000. And as of last time I checked, uh, this is going to be enforced at the L.A. Galaxy. I didn't talk to him today, but I expect that it will be. So make sure you bring your mask whenever you go and you have to wear it while you're sitting in your seat and you can only take it off if you're actively eating or drinking. All right. So everybody be safe out there. I've been wearing my mask most of these games anyway, so it doesn't really bother me. Me too. Me too. Uh, so that's where we sit. Uh, L.A. Galaxy, San Jose Earthquakes coming up. Big game for the L.A. Galaxy. Then a little bit of a break, a little breather. There's an all star game in there. Nobody cares. Um, and then the L.A. Galaxy will play LAFC again back to back rivalry games which we will uh, break down further i know we said we were going to talk about it a little bit um in terms of the 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 emotional currency that is spent within rivalry games and if they will have enough to rejuvenate and recharge for that away game uh this is the last home game of their august stretch and then they play at lafc uh and then whenever you get into september we've talked about this uh there is one of five games at home during september so there's five games played four on the road one at home so all this hard that you think they face gets harder in September. So make sure you pay attention to that as the Galaxy roll on. Harder teams, too, by the way. Back to Minnesota again um, as well. So uh, a schedule that's not very kind. All right. Uh, Soph, anything else? You good? I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to tomorrow night's game. I fancy a big win. Let's roll. Let's do this. Three important pivotal points. All right. I love it. Tell people where they can find you. Uh, at Highbury Squad on YouTube and Twitter and at Soccer Diva, my own account. Give us a go if you like a little bit of foo football, European football. And thank you, Josh, as always, for having me. Always, Appreciate you and all that you do. Always great, so for, uh, to have you on here. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at JGuessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-N, at Galaxy Podcast on Twitter. Uh, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com, articles, videos, all sorts of fun stuff there for you, cornerofthegalaxy.com, your one-stop shop for LA Galaxy news and information. All right. That does it for Sophie the Cannon Nicolau. I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Everyone have a great night. We'll see you at the game on Friday. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook 
by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.